Time for rolling. For the right targets, that is one trade. T-Tigers is still pretty healthy, tries to jump in, he finds one! This is a big turnaround for Liberation X. They might get the third, they might find an ace here. On to Lost Boytop, Surrey Strike is not oh. enough, Godwin goes down, he might go for Donna Twips! He's gonna get one, he's gonna get two! Lost Boytop! Oh, Lost Boytop, he does it! He gets the two versus one turnaround! Welcome to Time for Rolling Esports, the weekly podcast that brings you Vainglory Esports. From predictions to recaps and analysis, we present to you the best in professional Vainglory. Now, here's your hosts, Inglis and Krutzloth. It's Time for Rolling Hey, how's it going guys? Endless55 here and welcome to another episode of Time for Rolling Esports. This is episode 44. As always, I am joined by Krudzloth. What's up guys? What's up Belligerent? What's up Endless? Not much. That is my other co-host Belligerent. How's it going? It's going well. Alright, so this is our recap episode from weekend number two. Um, we have a lot to cover. We're going to try to cram it in as much as possible. I will go over Europe quickly. We can talk about our picks that we made, keep track of our points, and then I'll round it up with how many points Europe currently has. Uh, first day, we have Fnatic losing to G2 Esports. Uh, I was kind of surprised about that one. I know uh, Fnatic was a team I was hoping would uh, rebound, maybe take the championship away from uh, SK. Game 2, Salty Potatoes does 2-0 Clash. Uh, Mouse Sports 2-1 uh, Dynasty, so that was, a, that was a good matchup. And then SK 2-0 Calamity because Calamity couldn't even fill a roster, which I don't really even want to get into that because personally, if you can't, I get things happen. But I feel like you should have some type of players that can fill a roster because SK didn't even get to play on day one. Yeah. Kind of rough. Yeah, so rip all of the fantasy owners of SK and Calamity. Yeah, it's definitely rough. Yeah, that hurt me. I had Tyrus. I had Tyrus, and my wild card is Leon. So. <laughs> uh, Ouch. Yeah. Semifinals, we got G2 uh, winning against Salty Potatoes, 2-0. So G2 does make it back to the finals. Semifinal two, we have Mouse Sports uh, versus SK. SK does 2-0 them. So we have SK back in the finals against a G2 team that I was uh, looking to see how they were going to perform against SK. SK is currently you know, on top and dominating. It was a great matchup. SK does go ahead and take away that third game. So much action in those series. It was, you know, nail biter. It was, you know, great EU matchups. Third place, can't forget about that. Salty does 2-0 mouse, so not really sure what happened there. That was a surprise. Before I go over my picks, do either of you two want to mention anything about any of these games quickly? No, I mean they were pretty awesome, as EU always is, you know. But I don't have a whole lot to say, Belligerent. What about you? Uh I thought we saw G2 start to come back into form a little bit, especially against Fnatic. Uh, they played their typical protect the Hundor comps. Um, Potato had some really great plays on his Batiste. 
So that was good to see. It's good to see them getting back into form, uh, maybe making EU more than just a two-horse race. All right, so here are our picks, our fantasy points, I guess you would call it whatever. I only get uh, – I got two points on day one, and then I got two points on from the day two semifinal pick. So I have a total of four. Uh, Crude finally struggled and got uh, only two points this this week. So that was a win for me. Uh, and then Belligerent, he as well gets four points. Um, SK, they continue their dominance in EU. So moving on to NA, not much to talk about for EU. Oh, the point standings for EU, that's my last thing. SK at top with 16, G2 with 11, Fnatic with 7, Salty with 5, Dynasty with 4, uh, Mouse Torch with 3, Calamity with 1, and Clash with 0. All right, so we can go ahead. Let's go over to NA then, uh, break down some of these matchups more. Day one, we had TSM versus Nova, Rogue, Tempo, Tribe, Hammers, and Cloud9 versus Gangstars. So let's start with TSM, Nova. Um, it was a pretty interesting first matchup to start NA. It was kind of crazy. It was Nova played out of their minds. Uh, we can maybe talk, actually talk about some of these matchups since sure belligerent has a lot to talk about when it comes to drafts um so crew do you want to break down the draft real quick yeah i can but real quick side note uh we had said that belligerent said or thought that you know something might be happening this past week surprise surprise that Starboy was out and eco was in so if you don't know that yeah eco was in uh diving into the draft we got you know nova they're picking up i'm gonna go through this quickly nova picks up Arden, Lance, and Celeste is their comp. And then TSM, they go ahead and pick up Adagio, Kroll, and Lyra. So they got that double heal sustain. And I'll just kind of toss it over to Belligerent and let him kind of talk about this since he knows a lot more than I do. <laughs> um, so our draft was, was, was kind of, a, I guess, a, almost a G2 mimic where it's more uh, protect the truth uh, instead of protect the Hundor. Right. Um, and... You know, we just we played well, played to our wing conditions. TSM tried a tactic that a couple, actually a few other teams have tried on us when we picked that comp, which is to use the Lyra, um, also the Kroll, but to use the Lyra to portal in past the front line because that's kind of, that's how that comp works is, you know, provide that huge front line you have to get through in order to get to the Celeste. Um, but our guys did a really good job of, you know, fighting where we needed to fight, uh, near walls. Fun fact in that match was there was actually a moment where truth called it out. He said, let's make sure we fight next to the walls. So if they portal in, uh, Delphi could stun them with the Githian wall. And at, as soon as he finished that sentence, flash portaled in on them right next to a wall and we got the Githian wall on all three of them, I believe. Yeah, that was um, a great fight. Uh, Delphi yeah. landed. Truth, yeah, Truth is really good at, as soon as that portal bulwark goes down, he just takes the portal right back out. So, And the way that the portal works for Lyra is their team has to wait, I forget exactly how many seconds, I want to say three, uh, before they can go back through. So uh, it kind of backfires on teams a lot when they try that. So it worked well for us. We and we had some like Eco pulled out some godlike uh plays on the Arden, the gauntlets, 
uh, one of the, I think the last team fight, he dropped the gauntlet right on two of them. Uh, some great play that even caused a little slip up from Iraq Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's 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 kind of how that draft worked out. Yeah, um, Iraqi obviously on the desk. This is his first uh, split, first season. Uh, he's a streamer. He talks freely. I'm sure being just not under realizing what he was saying, you know, drops the f bomb. They cut to his face, and he has like his eyes are like bugging out of his head. He's like, I think I'm getting fired. Like that's probably what's <laughs> going through his mind. I mean, as a fan, I thought it was hysterical. Uh, it was it was funny seeing how awkward Munchables and uh, Bacon were because they're just like, uh, he just dropped the F bomb on live stream. I think Bacon Bacon was just sitting there just smiling. He was like inside. I think he wanted to be like, oh my god, that's hilarious. But like professionally, he had to be like, uh, what, what, uh, what? Okay, we're gonna go on to the next thing here and just try to move on from it. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty good, and it. It definitely turned into a meme the next day. I think all that was being said in Twitch chat was some version of so effing beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. You know, Vanguard, the community, you can't let anything slide. slide. Uh, nothing slips by them. So that is game one. Nova wins game one. At this point, I'm hype. I'm like, all right, if we think about it, TSM, maybe adapt. Win game two, may have a three-game series. But, you know, Nova, uh, Nova doesn't let that happen. They have another... Pretty solid draft for them. Now, Kestrel is someone that, obviously, um, Truth is good on. But, you know, recently, maybe it hasn't been someone that we've seen him dominate or be, like, his go-to, like it has been Celeste. So, um, the, the draft for TSM side, we have, you know, Adagio. We have Gwen and Samuel. And then Nova, they pick up the Baptiste. Um, that Glaive, which is good to have that Baptiste and Glaive on the same side. And then that Kestrel. Um the TSM side, they were trying to go with their, you know, Von C in the jungle, Buckshots, get the slow from him. You can get the slow from Samuel being, which was in the lane on uh, Best Chuck, which I was surprised. That was just an interesting decision. You know, the slow from his CC, then you have Adagio. There's a lot of CC on TM side, but it just didn't quite work out. Um, Belligerent, I guess, how did you guys play in your win condition in this matchup? Uh, so... I'm not really a fan of this Gwen in the jungle thing that TSM has been running, but uh, they've made it work in the past. Um, I'm also not a huge fan of Samuel in the lane just because the minions make it a pain for him to really get in the position he needs to. Uh, I was a little nervous about this draft. Compositionally, it works well, but Eco on captain batiste is very new and that kind of showed in some of his play he wasn't like it wasn't as strong of a batiste captain as we typically see from like starboy who's very comfortable on the batiste pick and glaive has not always proved to be the strongest pick for delphi in the jungle either but in this game delphi played out of his mind yeah yeah i was gonna say he played extremely well yeah like that was that was the best glaive game i've seen out of him Usually when I draft, if we draft a Glaive, I like to put it on Truth because he's really strong on the Glaive or roam it. And we did discuss roaming it because uh, putting Batiste in the jungle uh, would have given us the, the weapon crystal combo that typically, it, you know, that's typical of your uh, Vainglory uh, composition these days. Uh, but... We decided to go with the glaive in the jungle just because 
uh, we didn't feel comfortable with Batiste jungle into what they had because with all of that range with the Gwen and the Samuel, the Batiste would have really struggled. Um, and, you know, we just, like I said, we got some godly plays out of Delphi on that, that glaive and it just worked for us. Um, that that's, I mean, there, there were some, there were some, like I said, there were some close moments. Uh, there were some moments where you could see eco struggling on the Batiste trying to kind of figure it out as far as a captain goes. Cause he's not your traditional captain. Uh, we are pretty much the only team that will consistently run it as a captain, but that was always star boy. Yeah. Um, you know, they had some good engages. That was a very close game. If I recall correctly, there's so many games this weekend, but that was a pretty back and forth game where I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Uh, but we got a we got a really good team fight, I believe, near the end. If it wasn't the last team fight, it was one of the last ones down near the shop uh, where they actually split us. But Delphi did a really good job of kind of concealing himself, uh, baiting um, Vonsi to wander into the tribush and just deleted him with the glaive. And then Truth on his Kestrel, who we haven't run a lot, as you pointed out, but I, I still believe the Kestrel is his uh, strongest pick, uh, is his strongest hero. Uh, I don't think there's too many people that would argue with that. Uh, but we haven't been running it a lot just because one of the things that I've done as a coach on both teams that I've coached is when I come onto the team, I immediately start looking to put them like find out what else works, right? Because you can't just live off of the same meal every day. And that's what Nova was doing. Like it was, and they even referred to it as their one trick comp when I showed up, which was Lyra, Samuel and Kestrel. And pretty much most of their wins had at least two of those three in it. That's so true, yeah. Yeah. And so I always try to put us off of those. Uh, We're already strong on them, but if we don't show more, uh, we can't be a strong team. If we can't play more, we can't be a strong team. I did the same thing with Gangstars. When I came on to Gangstars, they were pretty much, it was like Adagio and either Lyra or Finn almost every match. And so I immediately started looking, you know, what else can we play? I get it that this is strong. I get it that we're good with this. But, you know, as as somebody who prepares drafts, the best thing for me in preparing a draft is if I know what you're going to pick. Yeah. And and if you're always playing the same thing. Uh, so that's why the Kestrel has kind of fallen off. But Truth made a godly play on his Kestrel, uh, managed to get a... a a mist down just as I believe it was flash was chasing him almost got the kill on truth, but truth managed to stun him in the mist, got the kill there. Delphi got the kill on Von C and then they chased down best Chuck on the Samuel and got the kill there as well. And I want to say that was the last fight of the match, but I can't remember. Yeah. We have a top play coming out of truth in this matchup. You know, he gets a triple kill in the Kestrel. He absolutely shows how good he is. Make sure you look out for that. That will be on Ginger and the Beards YouTube, Gold from the Fold, uh, Truth, and Lone Delphi both will make an appearance on that this week. They they played pretty well day one and, and day two, but. Yeah. 
but <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on great first matchup of na moving on to our next matchup rogue versus tempo um we're still seeing god of sins in the jungle kind of uh, i'm not sure where hyde is i haven't really seen anything about what he's doing right now for uh why he's not currently starting for tempo but uh, personally i think it is making a difference for them uh rogue obviously strong team right now the first draft we're not really going to go through all of it but um tempo does you know kind of target uh, upon the original you know they ban away the cruel they ban away rhyme they pick up black feather trying to force you know pawn maybe on someone he's not comfortable with uh, he goes and picks up the weapon power grump jaw uh, he did just fine on that hammy picks up the scarf uh for some reason god of sins plays reza which you know he wasn't like i love joseph who can go eight and one with it he kind of struggled on it and you know rogue really just kind of dominated this first game but he was the first competitive reza pick uh, yes okay <laughs> yeah, uh, i guess if you can call yeah. it competitive yeah i don't know i just feel like the meta switch from game from the first matchup of nova versus tsm to this one because i mean there was just completely you like you like you know endless had said that you know reza came out i mean grump jaw came out we haven't seen grump jaw really being picked since i don't know what how many is that like 2.6 i don't even know uh yeah somewhere around there like where 2. they nerfed, 5, damage, something like nerfed that. the damage on his b yeah, so, I mean, it was just like, I was like, oh, man, this is a whole, I mean, even in the next matchup, what we'll get into, but, I mean, you see Jewel come out, which we've seen that more, I guess, regular, but it's just, like, completely different, so, uh, Belligerent, you got anything to say about game one? Um, I, like, I don't mind a team picking the Reza, I think he has a place, obviously, Joseph showed us he had a place, but Reza is good into squishy heroes, and Grumpjaw plus whatever captain they have, not exactly squishy. And I think that's where they struggled. Like Reza is one of the best, and I believe Iraqi pointed this out on stream. Like he's one of the best, like single target heroes. Like if you just want to blow somebody up, uh, Reza and Idris or Blackfeather, you know, those are some of your top ones that just single target focus and just blow them up. <clears throat> so it, it could have worked into the scarf. But Reza's just too squishy to try to get past that front line. I think you need to see, and when we get there, you guys can remind me what the draft was when Joseph played it. But you need like a, you know, almost like a Kestrel in the lane and a Celeste in the jungle type comp in order for, you know, for me to really see Reza as a viability. He's just like, he can blow somebody up, but if they're too tanky, he just doesn't have enough. Like after he dashes in, gets off his, you know, his ability, that's all he has. And so I didn't really like the pick here. Hyde is definitely hurt. You know, missing Hyde is definitely hurting this team at this point. I don't know if he's coming back or not. I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard anything official. I have heard rumors, but I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I think that when you are when your tempo storm especially in the state they're in now with the sub i don't necessarily mind trying something that's going to throw off the other team um i just i just think it needs to be a little better thought out uh because again i don't think reza worked into that comp so you could have <clears> done something like 
a sky or a samuel or somebody that can kite the grumpjaw because that like sky is your traditional counter to grumpjaw uh because of the the constant damage that he takes and it drops his living armor so i think there were other picks better picks that they could have made than the reza reza is burst and grumpjaw is typically going to withstand that burst especially when you can't just keep bursting and reza can't yeah i mean i guess i need to rephrase this like rogue didn't like run over tempo like tempo did win the kills like they won 10 to 9 but you know the late game they just the late game fights didn't go their way and rogue ended up winning with the kraken and stuff so i mean gatsby was the one who kind of carried the weapon power black feather goes six and two so uh they didn't destroy them uh hammy did his best he went three and five on the scarf so i was thinking maybe that this was the game where hammy goes like eight and one so i was thinking of a different game tempo did decent first game second game unfortunately is not the same story you know pawn the originals on the jungle and the celeste Hammy is on that jewel that is becoming a nightmare for teams to try to deal with. Um, you know, God of Sins played a weapon power pedal like in the in the jungle, and I don't know. A lot of weird things were just happening on the tempo side, and you know, Rogue wins fifteen to zero. Do you? What do you have to say about this matchup, Crude? Yeah, I mean, just I, more focusing on the pedal as far as that weapon power pedal. Like, I mean, we've seen Gabe and stuff played on his stream, and I know I love Joseph has played it, but I. I apparently i don't think you know just every single person can play this weapon power pedal or if you do you got to get it going early because otherwise you'll just get snowballed so hard and maybe belligerent can kind of attest to that but uh it definitely did not work for god of sins i don't know how often he's played it i don't know if this was just like a hey let's try this out you know we know we've seen it work for other people but uh yeah i mean 15 to nothing this game was over so fast so yeah, and here's the thing about the weapon power pedal, uh, especially the one that we've seen, uh, that we saw old school and then later Dnzo run, is it's similar to the weapon power jewel that Hammy has been running. The build is ungodly expensive. Um, and you just can't do that in jungle. Like, I've, I've had people ask, um, like our manager asked us, I think, can we put weapon power jewel in the jungle, stuff like that? And you just can't, or yeah, weapon power jewel. You just can't do that in the jungle because the gold is the gold is up in the lane, right? There's more experience in the jungle. There's more gold in the lane. That's how Vainglory works. And then on top of it, when you have a weapon power jewel uh, with the maxed out thunder strike, and you have literally zero defense on a weapon power pedal pedal has i believe if i recall correctly the second lowest health next to celeste if i remember my stats correctly and there were there were fights where it was literally two shots and pedal was gone from yeah, the jewel yeah and so that's why you can see things like weapon power jewel weapon power pedal uh even weapon power kestrel working in the lane but not in the jungle because there's just not enough gold. If you're not snowballing in the jungle, if you can't go, you know, steal gold from the enemy's jungle, you're not going to get enough gold to build the four items that those heroes need to make the explosive plays we see them making. You just don't have the gold to do that. So you're constantly going to be behind in these fights. Yeah. Um, this. So. 
this jewel versus pedal is something that we're gonna you know come back to once we get to tribe versus uh, C9. It was interesting to see which team can beat the you know which team can beat the pedal with the jewel and which team can't. So I think it may does come down to you know you need pedal in the lane to get enough farm just as you need uh, jewel in the lane because God of Sins did not have the uh, items. He had two full tier three items and that's it. So he wasn't doing any damage. Hammy was able to you know kind of bully God of Sins out. Yeah, and you know I think that if somebody was going to try like a, a weapon power pedal in the jungle, I I would almost like to see them take like what some of the crystal uh, junglers have to do but in reverse, right? So if you're going to do weapon power pedal, fine, but start out with a crystal bit or two crystal bits because pedal is very strong early game into several heroes um, with those crisp, with the crystal. So go snowball the jungle early with the crystal bits, then sell them off and get your, your weapon once you get ahead. Um, but you're just not going to do it with the weapon in the jungle. There's, you know, there's just, she doesn't do enough damage. Yeah, so Rogue, uh, they go ahead and handle that game pretty easily. They move on to day two. The third matchup was off stream. Uh, it was Hammers versus, um, cannot think of who it was now. Who was it? Hammers versus Tribe? Tribe. Yeah, okay, so Hammers versus Tribe. Hammers was originally supposed to be on the mainstream. Uh, they got moved because of the whole player band coming out, uh, you know, the player ban happened you know rules are rules they actually just... just to clarify now whether you choose to believe this or not whether this is the politically correct answer or not i don't know i'll leave that for everybody to decide but uh according to semc it had nothing to do as like a further punishment it had to do with the fact they were not sure if hammers was going to be able to um field a full roster so they moved it off stream just in case they had to forfeit it yeah i mean whatever reason they did it they obviously had something to do with the player ban because they, yeah they were originally supposed to be on the stream so whether if it was further punishment or they just didn't want to deal with the main twitch chat dealing with every troll in there saying free starting which i could see that happening because that's all you would see is free starting over and over in twitch chat uh -huh. and I think you were seeing that anyways. Yeah, but yeah. It's, very, it's very true. So, I mean, I, I don't really have much about the Hammers vs. Tribe. Um, I think they were, you know, Tribe. Second game, I know Tribe handled them pretty well. First game was kind of closer. Uh, we saw, you know, you know, just Hammers uh, prepared as best as they could with the amount of time they were given. So I wasn't really expecting much coming out of um hammers going into this matchup especially since tribe is playing uh, you know decent right now um so I don't, I don't know creed do you have anything you want to talk about specifically no i do not have anything on this one actually so i mean like pretty much what you said ditto so yeah i i was a little interested to see hammer's choice of roster um i was kind of expecting because we saw it in london when starting couldn't travel with hammers, uh, I was expecting chicken to lane and Polly to captain, uh, because as far as I know, Polly is better known for his captain. Uh, I could be wrong there. Maybe something's changed over the times. I don't know. But instead we saw Polly uh, playing the lane and chicken back in his role as captain, um, which again, kind of surprised me because I was expecting just that complete swap there. Yeah. But 
it certainly made it easier for me in fantasy points. <laughs> yes, fantasy points are relevant. Everything that happens. So, um, anything else from YouTube for this matchup, or should we just go and talk about Cloud Nine versus Gangstars? Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So, Cloud Nine versus Gangstars. Um, you know, Gangstars came off from Week One. 17 kills to zero kills, still lose that matchup to Hammers. Kind of a rough start from them. Like, the synergy is just kind of not there. Going into a matchup against Cloud9, uh, it's going to be more difficult. Game one, this is when uh, I Love Joseph does pick up that Reza. So, Gangster's draft is um, Lance, uh, Akestrel, and Samuel. So, maybe those two are your squishy heroes. And then you see Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Ardent, Box, and then the Reza. Uh, I mean, real quick, I think we can kind of ask the same question here. Is there anything else to talk about, or should we move on to Day 2? Because, I mean, day C9 two. pretty much yeah. destroyed these guys. What was the... Does anybody not happen to know what the kill totals were? Yeah, the kill totals... Oh, I got kill totals. 13 to 2, I Love Joseph had 8 kills, and Old School had 4. That was game one? That's game one. What was game yeah. two? Game two was 10 to 1. So they only had, Gangsters had a total of three kills. See, I came close. Last week I predicted that we could possibly see another 13-0 game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we came close. I don't know when those two kills came in the game one. I'm assuming early, but um, yeah, that was that was kind of a train wreck there. Yeah, yeah it was really bad. I mean, in game two, Cloud9 drafts that the pedal just, I mean, just to probably practice it for later on in day two. I love Joseph. I, if if we have time, which we never have time, but belligerent, I love Joseph plays the Fortress, which is coming back out more as this, like, not necessarily utility, but not like a full carry Fortress. Is it really just like about the, the bleed stacks it offers and like the movement speed Fortress offers and the attack of the pack, like all that? Like, what is the main thing that Fortress offers with this, like, type of build in the jungle? Um, I think most of it, like, I would have to know the comps specifically. Uh, but I think for C9, it's mostly the movement speed and the dive. Um, Fortress has never really gone out of style for C9. Uh, there's not very many other teams that do play it, though. Um, it just, like, he's... Fortress is one of Cloud9's favorite dive heroes, especially if you take the Glaive away from them. Um, they will typically go to Fortress. And I mean it's just he he can that that truth of the tooth is is you know a great gap closer, plus it gives the rest of the team that movement speed. So if you want to run a dive comp, uh that's a very good hero to have in that comp because it it's like a it's like war treads every whatever it is eight seconds right. ten seconds whatever the cooldown is so uh, plus it gives I think it gives life steal and some other benefits to it as well um, the game of the week or the match of the week I think that that uh, SEMC breaks down I think that was from a match a C nine match last week in week one where they used fortress if I recall correctly, and Joseph actually uh, targeted one of the heroes with the Truth of the Tooth from the Kraken Pit, even though he was too far away to make the dive, it gave his teammates 
the movement speed towards that target. And it was a really good play in case people don't know exactly how that works. The actual ability is just marking the target, right? right. It gives you the speed boost towards the target. Uh, gives you lifesteal from the target while you're attacking it while they're marked. But it ends up, uh, what it does, the leap is actually Fortress's next basic attack is a leap, which is why things like uh, Aftershock and uh, Tension Bow will proc off of that next attack because it's considered a basic attack, just gives them that gap close. Yeah, that's what kind of happened in game two. Zeno had the glaze. They took away that gap closer. Uh, old school was on pedal, so he has a pretty big uh, gap closer with that trampoline. So, uh, yeah, Cloud9, they're an aggressive team. They they do rely on those gap closers and, you know, being kind of up front in your face. And uh, we kind of see a pedal-Lyra combination where you can just kind of send pedal right through the portal and pedal can just, you know, trampoline away. You get weapon power, you know, increase off of trampoline. There's just pedal right now is almost stupid how much damage she can put out well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend based off of the last weekend because this weekend or like sorry weekend two uh, pedal didn't really happen until day two championship last semifinal. that's when tribe cloud nine and then rogue cloud nine had to ban it or pick it so we'll see what happens this coming weekend but uh gangstars cloud nine cloud nine goes ahead and handles it pretty well uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week with gangstars i'm pretty sure they're playing tsm is that right I don't remember. I think Gangstars yeah. is... Uh, yeah. That is accurate. Yeah. Okay, so... First game. Yeah, that, look, that could be another rough matchup for them. We'll have to see how they do. Uh, but, you know, moving on to uh, day two, we all get three points for NA on day one. Uh, Crude and I, of course, picked TSM to beat Nova. Uh, Belligerent, uh, I think he should have had four points. He um, made a little... Uh, maybe like a revenge pick underneath in his mind of tempo beating a rogue, but you know, that did not happen. Uh, so day two though, I'm kind of excited it did happen because I get to see a Nova rogue rematch, which is starting to become one of the most exciting. It's it's seeing Nova versus rogue right now is 10 times more exciting than I see cloud nine versus TSM. And that's agreed. It just makes me happy to think that there's two teams that are competing so closely together that it just makes Vanglory exciting. So that is our first matchup. Nova vs. Rogue. Um, unfortunately, it's three games, and that's a lot to talk about. So we're going to try to get through these uh, as fast as possible. Um, game one, uh, Rogue, or sorry, Temp or Nova is on side A, Rogue's on side B. Um, you know, Nova picks up or bans away the Black Feather. Rogue bans away Catherine. Um, Nova picks up the Lance. Rogue picks up the Rhyme. Bans away the uh, the Crawl. And then Nova bans away, thank God, the the jewel, you know, that rhyme jewel combo from Rogue right now is insane. It's really strong. And then we see um, the Grace for Rogue. Nova picks up the Kestrel and the Scarf, which seeing that Scarf in the jungle made me happy. I love a jungle Scarf. Uh, and then we see uh, Rogue on Vox. I guess I need to make sure Scarf was in the jungle, right? No. Yes. I did not remember which position Scarf actually played. I think it was the jungle. No one's answering me. What was the comp? It was well, Lance, Kestrel, and Scarf. Lance, Kestrel, and Scarf. Um, this is your team, Belligerent. Come on. Oh, we played the Lance, Kestrel, Scarf. Yeah, Scarf was in the jungle. Okay, sweet. 
Sorry to I thought we were. Yeah, I don't have I don't have screenshots for any of this first game, so somehow oh, I realized I just cool. that. So that's why I was like, uh, I'm gonna be quiet on this one. So yeah, yeah. I don't I, know. I, for some reason, I thought that we were talking about Rogue's comp, so that's why. Yes, yeah, Scarf was Scarf was in the jungle. Yeah, Scarf was in the jungle. This is the match. This is the match that we see the play of the week come out from Truth, isn't it? I think so. Okay, so I mentioned it earlier in day one. That actually wasn't when Truth had that insane play where he gets the one-shot, one-kill off in the distance. Yeah, it was beautiful. Anyways, Truth absolutely dominates. Like, I don't even know what he finished. The screenshot I have right here, it's 12-2. and Let's see, 13-2, and Truth finishes. He's got double tyrants, breaking point, and a tension bow. Truth was, like, running all over them. You know, Pawn, that fortified health he gets, or whatever they call it on Rhyme, uh, it just wasn't strong enough to keep him alive. Lone Delphi did a decent job on that Scarf 5-2. And, and Eco, you know, he's making some pretty big plays on that Lance. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was, a, you know, it was, a, it was an adjustment mid-draft. Um, you know, the Lance, pit, the Lance pit gives us a flex, obviously. Uh, we put it on Delphi. It's, you know, now it seems we put it on Delphi more than we put it on the captain. Uh, but with the rhyme, we didn't really want to give them, you know, like a double tanky front line because that's what rhyme feasts on. Um, so that's why we, you know, we ended up going with the the scarf because they had Grace, right? Yep. Yeah. So you know, when Grace dives in with her benediction, she just kind of holds still. And when rhyme is in a fight, all he wants to do is hold still. So. You know, they're perfect targets for the fireballs and the goops and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, we adjusted. We used our, our flex pick uh, exactly for what it's intended, which is a flex. Uh, moved that to captain, picked up the scarf and the kestrel. Uh, because with the with the grace and the rhyme, uh, having the lance there to just keep that distance from those other two was was pretty much the tactic with that comp that we drafted. Yeah, it was executed perfectly. Uh, you know, I was, thought the draft went well, the Black Feather and the the Jewel Ban. We've seen Hammy play well on the Black Feather, and of course we've seen him play well on that Jewel. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to get Hammy on some heroes that he's not as comfortable with. Um, you know, moving on to the Game 2, though, we see... Uh, Crude, do you have the draft for this one? Yeah, I do. All right, cool. I paid attention on this one. Oh, you you want me to break it down? Good, go for it. All right, so Rogue's on side A, Nova's on side B. Uh, Rogue, they go ahead and ban away the Kestrel. Nova, they go ahead and they pick, or I'm sorry, they ban away Catherine, and then Rogue picks up Lance, then Nova picks up Arden, uh, and then Nova bans away the Rhyme. Rogue goes ahead and bans away that Celeste. Uh, so then Nova, they go ahead and pick up the Samuel, and then Rogue pick up Kroll and Scarf, and then that finishes out with Nova picking up a Vox. So interesting uh, draft here, Belligerent. Yeah, um, you know, part of it was, again, with it being Eco's first week, uh, you know, I don't I don't know his, his picks that well. Uh, we know that he's comfortable on the Arden. He showed that in day one. Uh, he showed well on the Lance day two, which is why we, you know, so we went ahead and picked up the Arden there. Um, I personally like just reflecting on our draft. I think it was a mistake for me to draft the Samuel. I think 
maybe a scarf there would have been a better pick or something. But, uh, you know, it's a group discussion. Uh, we all talk about things, make the decisions. Uh, so we went with the Samuel there. Um, I, I think into some comps, and I think Lance Kroll is probably one of them. Um, Samuel just doesn't do enough damage to Lance and Kroll to really be effective. Um, and we were, we were in a, they put us in a tough position there, uh, with the Lance first pick. You don't want to, here's the, here's the dilemma. You don't want to give a team Lance Kroll, but you also don't want to play Kroll into Lance. Yeah. So it was a, okay, we know that they're going to take the Lance Kroll. What can we do to counter it? Uh, so we tried to go with more of a kite comp, the Samuel, the Vox. Uh, Vox plays well into Lance because he can just dance out of the way of those impels and things like that. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out for us. Um, you know, their team plays really well. Evol, you know, if there wasn't a Gabe Vizzle in yeah, the Evol that. would be the Gabe Vizzle um, because he he carries that team with the plays that he makes there was I, there was one had play so many three man gifting balls yeah oh that was that was driving me crazy he had probably three or four three man impales yeah. um which was just it's like guys you can't clump up like that with the lance and he was just doing it time and time again he made a beautiful play uh, uh they were pushing in on or just taken our choke point turret and we were pushing back. Uh, Delphi came up kind of behind that wall that creates the choke point to try to get some damage onto their, their carries and Evol Githian walled him into the wall, echoed it, Githian walled him again, just completely locked him down and took him out. Um, so a lot of credit. I mean, their whole team plays well there very strong team. Um, but Evol, like I said, if there wasn't a Gabe Vizzle in VGA, Evol would be the Gabe Vizzle of VGA, in my opinion. Um, he really he really does an amazing job, and it's really hard. It gives me nightmares at night trying to figure out which captain I want to give him. <laughs> yeah, that's why when we play Rogue a lot, we ban the, the Catherine a lot, because I we don't want to see Evol on Catherine, but it doesn't matter because he's... Like I see, he's really close to Gabe and just he can roam anything. Uh, there was, I think it might have even been the third match, which we can we can touch on when you guys tell me what that draft was. But he played Lyra, and just like the yeah, way definitely. he thinks about the game, I have I don't think I have ever seen anybody do this. But he was literally echoing his bulwark, so we wow. just couldn't do anything for like six seconds. Right, they yeah. would portal in, they would bulwark, and he would echo the bulwark and put it right back up after the first one dropped. Just the way he thinks about the game. Yeah, that shut down Delphi. It's amazing. Yeah, just amazing to me. So, um, well, mm-hmm. just just to echo like what you were saying about how Evol gives you nightmares on like what the next draft you you guys banned away Catherine, you guys pick up Lance, and at the end you ban or you pick up Arden. So there's like three of the top name captains right there. And then that's when he went in and picked up that Lyra. So I feel like that draft you maybe I mean you can tell me, but you were really focusing on trying to make sure that you were gonna try to get or evolve on a uncomfortable captain if there is such a thing. Well I mean you look at the draft and as a casual player 
you're just gonna, this is what someone's gonna think. Like obviously you're gonna explain what what went behind the scenes, but Rogue finishes with Rhyme and Jewel, and you're just like, oh no! Like we've seen this comp work a thousand times. We're in game three. It's strong for them right now. Like for me, this was a rough match. But then I see Lone Delphi and Truth on you know a Celeste and the Lance. I'm like, okay, well right. that that looks strong too. So we've seen Truth. Like if you're looking at a hero that Truth can kite with, for some reason Celeste is his best. Like Celeste. Truth is in the front line on Celeste for some unknown reason, but then for some reason, Truth is alive, running away, like still kiting. It's, I mean, he makes amazing plays, but unfortunately, in this third game against Hammy, you know, he's in a lane, he gets this crazy build that just does an insane amount of damage, and Truth just, he just could not do anything in this game, plain and simple. And I think that had a lot to do with Evol just, you know, using his passage right on top of, you know, right on top of him every time. Maybe you guys didn't fight in the corridors as much as you needed to. Uh, I don't really know exactly what all went wrong in this game. Uh, well, okay, so the theory of what we had, again, was uh, what we talked about that we did in day one, which is just kind of protect truth with that big beefy front line. Um, you know, we pick up the Lance, and they go Rhyme Jewel, because what did we ban second? Remind me. Was it Blackfeather? Uh, wait, hold on. I was... Uh, yes, you banned Blackfeather okay. second. Sorry. So, right, like Blackfeather is almost a must ban when you want to run that comp because he's the hero that can just kind of waltz right through all of the front line that you want, right? And he'll blow up Celeste. We should have, if we had to do it again, we should have just did what we did the first one and banned the Blackfeather first. Then we could have taken away the jewel second um sometimes and i take the blame for this i i you're right like i try i, I want to make picks that make the players comfortable and i know that that as a team we fear evil on catherine but i fear evil on everybody like i just said yeah. so it doesn't really matter so we probably shouldn't have made that catherine ban and take away those you know so we could have taken away the black feather and the jewel but you know it's kind of when we ban that catherine and we get to the second ban because rogue is willing to pick a rhyme first right rhyme is usually like a third pick b-side right because you right. surprise it uh, but because they're willing to pick that first and pick it into anything um it, it put us in basically a a catch 22 right a damned if you do damned if you don't type thing so if we ban the jewel they're going to pick up black feather if we ban black feather they pick up the jewel like they did so when we give them the jewel we already have the lance the theory behind that is lance and his githian wall can actually deflect the jumps where it kind of broke down and where we kind of lost some of that in the way that we played in game is that by putting it on delphi at, in a jungle position the jungler is not all isn't like the captain where he's tr always trying to position himself in front of his back line uh sometimes delphi wasn't even there to make the Githian walls yeah much less in position and so that's kind of where we lost it um we Truth doesn't build a lot of defense on really any hero, but on like a Kestrel and a Celeste, he builds even less because they kind of need the four items to carry. Putting four items on Celeste is why he can do those things. Like what you said, where 
right? He's just getting mobbed, but somehow he manages to get out of it. It's because of that Eve of Harvest. When they jump on him, he can just, you know, drop those Holy Novas, or not Holy Novas, Supernovas. There's too many fuckers in this game. Um, (laughs) He can drop those Supernovas with the Celeste and just, it regenerates enough health. And then, like, I've seen him refill, like, almost half of his health by uh, putting out a, a... a a solar storm into you know like two or three of the other team when they all dive on him so he gets because he has the four crystal items it gives him a lot of regeneration Uh, so he really doesn't want to build the armor which just makes him right lunch for jewel right Uh, but we thought with the combination of the githian wall and the arden vanguard we could protect him well enough to counter that we just we're out of position to do that too much. And really, once you get to the late game and the four items on that jewel, that Vanguard might as well have just been pantyhose because it wasn't protecting him either. So, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a great matchup. It was another fun, you know, best of three series between Nova and rogue. Uh, you know, it's just solid chance. We see that again, uh, in this upcoming weekend. So, uh, I'm kind of rooting for that to happen again. Maybe Nova will, the players will figure out these comps you guys have been trying to run and finally uh, defeat Rogue. I know the points are pretty close right now, so it's pretty important for teams to make their moves in this third week, but we'll get to that at uh, towards the end. Um, the last matchup, or second semifinal, I guess I should say, is Tribe vs. Cloud9. This was another best of three. I was surprised it was best of three, honestly. Uh, you know, in game one, this is the other pedal. Um, Jewel lineup we were or matchup we were I was going to talk about. We have old school on pedal and we have DNZO on uh, Jewel. And the main thing about this game is um, that you know T Tigers was on Fortress as well, which he did a lot of you know trying to uh, engage on uh, old school. But you know DNZO would try to use his rocket leap on top of old school, and then old school would just trampoline away, and then Gabe would be there to try to stun up DNZO, and old school was just you know he was kept safe all game long. You know, he finished 8-0, and and Dienzio was just trying to chase old school the whole game. I felt like it was uh, it was just pointless. It was useless. He never could catch up. He, you know, he went 0-9. It was just, I don't know if Jewel can be a counter to Pedal, or if Pedal's a counter to Jewel. I'm not sure how that, that matchup works out, but I feel like it's just a battle of who can use their Rocket Leap to leave or Trampoline to leave. It's just a bunch of different abilities. I don't know. It's just a crazy matchup. Yeah, I mean, old school just kited the crap out of DMZO. That's pretty much how that was summed up. I mean, Max Green had no chance on trying to save DMZO. Um, T-Tigers, he went 0-5, you know, with that Aftershock Storm Crown build on this Fortress. Um, it, it was pretty useless. I thought for sure that game one, seeing game one, that we, we would not be going to the game three, but that didn't end up happening. So. Yeah, I didn't get to see this match really uh because us being the match right before still dealing with all of the after effects of the game and meetings and conversations and stuff like that um but kind of just listening to you know how you described it as far as like Danzio chasing old school and stuff pedal is kind of traditionally a counter to jewel but I mean, when you're talking weapon pedal, it's a completely different story, right? Right. Um, right. But I do still think that because of the trampoline and things of that nature, 
uh, she can counter the jewel. Right? It, basically, any hero that can get out of the way of jewel really easy can right. make it difficult for the jewel. Uh, also, any hero that can get to the backside of the jewel can make it difficult for the jewel. Um, what like what Rogue does with the jewel that makes it so difficult to use your traditional counters is the rhyme. Right, because like Black Feather is traditionally a counter into the jewel because he can dodge the thunder strikes, he can get to the backside of jewel really easily because you know from his rose offensives. But Rhyme is just going to feast on Black Feather. Yeah. So that that's what Rogue does that makes the jewel work. Um, so to me, it seems like. row or tribe should have in a way they almost needed to kite and kite isn't the right term but they they needed to wait they needed to counter engage that's what they needed to do you have to wait for that pedal to commit into yeah. your range and then blow her up i love joseph was her. on rhyme i don't know if you know that oh he was on rhyme okay yeah. i did not yeah. know that so but yeah so that makes it but like that jewel, once you get full build, will delete the pedal if you can hit her. But if you're trying to rocket leave in onto the pedal so then she can counter it by jumping away, you're you're losing your advantage. Right. So just thinking about the comps again, I wasn't watching the match. You almost need to play that front line to front line, right? Fight off the rhyme, fight off whatever Gabe is on. Catherine. Um, I did Catherine. Uh, oh, Catherine is another counter into Jewel, so that's probably also why she struggled. Uh, but you kind of just need to fight frontline to frontline and wait for that pedal to misposition. Then you can blow her up. Or you eventually blow up her frontline once you get that Jewel at four items. There aren't a lot of heroes that are going to take that much damage. Right, I think um, they struggle blowing up the front line because you know, I love Joseph. He went eight and zero as well. So Pedal went eight and zero. Old Tool did, and I love Joseph went eight and zero as well. So like it wasn't just like Old Tool destroying everything, and I love Joseph like just being a distraction. You know, Tribe just couldn't get damage off anywhere. Right. Yeah. They're the Pedal and the Catherine. I can see being a very serious problem into the jewel. Yeah, so I mean, eighteen and zero. That sounds like a serious problem overall. <laughs> so I mean, the fact that Tribe in Game Two goes ahead and drafts something that they can win with, aka they draft Pedal and Rhyme. So yeah, yeah, um, take it. The Catherine was just banned away, so they pick up Adagio instead. Which Grace is gone, Lyra is gone. So Adagio, I don't, I don't know how Adagio fits into this comp. It obviously works. The Tribe does win. But then Cloud9 has the, the Grace, Idris, and Glaive, which the Glaive, you know, in the beginning did a decent job of afterburning on top of Dianzio and trying to, like, punt him in to actually blow him up. So Dianzio did struggle early, but once Dianzio was able to farm up and, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, get his power spikes, that's when the pedal came online and just started melting everyone again. So, I don't know, this the pedal rhyme, maybe that's just as strong. I guess you did already mention that the pedal and the jewel can be similar in how they're played, so... Um, yeah, and, well, here's how the Adagio fits into that comp. Oh, is... you were going to take it from me. Oh, that's go exactly ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah, go ahead. Crew, do you well, know how the Adagio say... fits? Yeah, well, oh, this if should you be good. use... I can't... Okay, Belligerent, help me out with what his B term... What's the B? 
I, A's gift of fire, agent of wrath. Thank you. You can use that agent of wrath on that pedal with its weapon power pedal. Not to mention, you already get that we- extra weapon damage from that trampoline. So, I mean, that's just another boost to Dienzio's weapon power pedal. Would you agree with that, Belligerent? Or is that the statement you were going to say, or no? That's actually different than what I was going to say, but it's it's a actually it's a very valid point. Yeah, I mean, you get okay. the pedal. The reason this weapon pedal is working is because when you max the trampoline, you get an additional one point two on your range. And you get a weapon buff. And then if you couple that, you time it right with the Agent of Wrath, I mean, that's a huge surge of power. The other way it works is that Rhyme is always going to be right in the middle of the fight. So you keep them healed, and you're applying burning to their team. Right. Paddle also has these really annoying things that look like little onions that chase (laughs) the target. And Adagio (laughs) can also heal those guys and get the burn off on them. Right. That's that's a good point as well, because there's a lot more targets for Adagio to hit mm-hmm. when it comes to healing. I mean, Dienzio's not worried about spamming out those Munions, like, to have them on there, but, yeah, they were out. Um, yeah, so, like, Petal isn't generally a good hero uh, for Adagio uh, tra- in, a, in a traditional sense, because kind of the same reason this bug thing that everybody's talking about with the Petal where you just can't target her like if you're trying to heal pedal it can be really annoying because you can misclick one of the munions and not get the heal off right. the pedal however in this sense the buff on the pedal because with a weapon pedal all of her damage is coming from her basic attacks as opposed to a crystal pedal where all of the damage is coming from the munions so you can put the agent of wrath onto the pedal get that additional boost or buff. And plus, now you want to heal the Munions. And there's not very many heals, or heals, heals, very many heroes that can actually kind of be in two places at once, right? Pedal right. can be on the back line, but still give you a target on the front line to burn your enemy. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Endless, I'll wait for your handwritten apology, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I mean... You made a good point. Yeah, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, let's move on to game three. I mean, game three, we see Dienzio getting the pedal again. T-Tiger's on the fortress. Max Green picking up the Arden. Um, I just kind of want to talk about the counter from C9 and how this worked and if it was just uh, simply just them being the better when it comes to playing-wise. But I Love Joseph is on Samuel. Now Samuel normally in this situation is good because he has you know the area AOE damage. He can kind of control Dienzio's Munions, but in this case, you know the Munions aren't necessarily important. Uh, old school is on um, a Vox, which going into this game, the you know Bacon and uh, Iraqi on the desk they were talking about how that could be a Crystal Vox. Think about that. You'd have three Munions. You'd have three, uh, you know, from the attack of the pack, the Wolves from attack of a pack from Fortress. You know, there'd be so many things for a Crystal Vox to get those resonant bounces on. I, that would have been fun to see. But it is the weapon-powered Vox from Old School, which we know that's Old School's like highest win rate. It has to be. He barely ever loses on it. And then uh, gave on the Lyra, which I don't know if the Lyra just did a good enough job of keeping. Just old school, you know, healed up. I love Joseph went eight and one, so I was I don't really know how the Samuel beat the pedal. I th- would think this weapon power pedal would do a better job, but maybe it was just the kiting. He was able to out out kite the pedal. 
Yeah, well, so go ahead, Bludger. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, well, uh Lyra and Samuel is a very strong meta combination, right? Because Samuel has his heroic perk, which gives him sustain. Typically Samuel builds a Eva Harvest, which gives him sustain. And then you drop a Lyra Sigil on top of all of that sustain already, and Samuel becomes very difficult to kill. All right. So that helps. The bulwark slows the munions, although it's a weapon pedal, so it doesn't hurt that much. The bulwark can stop the pedal trampoline. Um, that is true. So you have that there as well. Um, so that's that's where I think that combo worked and why it worked was just because of that combination. Vox is just kind of like, you know, it's like giving truth, Kestrel, giving old school Vox. It doesn't really matter what comp you play it against. It's just old school's hero. Yeah, I mean, normally old school, can they can pair that up with anything, and he'll win on that box. Uh, Crude, what were you going to talk about? I was just going to say, I know, like, Endless and I had talked before the podcast started about a little bit about T-Tigers and how, like, here lately I feel like we've seen, you know, not the T-Tigers that we used to know, the three offensive, maybe even four offensive, we- or, you know, items, offensive item builds. You know, he's kind of gone more of this, well, you know, it was like the crowd control or whatever with the storm crown and the uh, aftershock. Like he's not near as aggressive. And I know like Endless and I were talking about how we want to see him more aggressive, more offensive weapon or more offensive items be built on the, the T Tigers, the old T Tigers that we used to know. So that's just the only thing I was going to say is T Tigers doesn't build like he used to. And I know it's all about, you know, the team and providing, you know, those uh, mortal wounds and, you know, attack of the pack and the speed and all that. But, I want I want him on Samuel with four offensive items and see what he can do there and maybe he won't be going five and five maybe it'll be ten and two. Yeah, so just two things I want to point out with this and then you know we can move on if that's what you want or whatever. But uh, you make a very good point about T Tigers. Uh, one of T Tigers' weaknesses, at least in the past, probably still in the present, is that he's just not he's not strong on the utility. Oh, he's not known for the utility. I don't know that anybody is strong on utility heroes. Otherwise they're not utility, right? That's the point. It's it's like when we put Delphi on Lance, you know, I personally as like the coach and like planning the comps, I don't care how much damage the Lance is doing. I don't, you know, none of that. We have the Lance there for the utility, for the roots, for the Githian walls to provide that protection. Um, but like if you go back to the the championship in London, the reason Hammers loses to those first two games is because they try to instead of going double weapon, they try to make T Tigers go with the utility Grumpjaw. And I was never a fan, even when Grumpjaw was like the strongest hero in the game, never a fan of that utility Grumpjaw build. Um it was the same thing when I was with Gangstars with Zeno. Zeno was our carry, he just was not a utility player and we saw some of those struggles right like we drafted the cool down glaive form in one of our our uh, game matches in london and we lost that match and when i went back and watched it was because xeno was trying to brawl with the utility glaive rather than just simply using it for the afterburn the reposition and letting his team make the fights uh so yeah, yeah t tigers on those utility heroes 
um, not as strong as when he's on a carry hero. Uh, the other thing, because I don't think that we're going to touch too much on the third place match, I haven't even got to see them yet. Uh, I won't get to see them until they get uploaded to YouTube. But what I do know from the draft is because we almost mimicked that C9 draft when Tribe Tribe picked the weapon pedal into us as well. Um, but what C9 did, which was very smart, is they second banned the Kashka, right. which made the Tigers play that Fortress. Um, when we played them, we banned the Fortress uh, because our guys didn't want basically the equivalent of nine versus three. Um, but what that did was that gave T Tigers his Kashka, which he's very well known for. And we weren't able to overcome that using the same heroes that C9 used and just simply making the swap between Kashka and Fortress. So while it may not seem that way, the C9 draft was very specific about what they were trying to do to tribe and what they were trying to make tribe play and that fortress versus the kashka totally different story yeah so i mean these matchups right here is what basically uh you know can or not not convince i guess starts what how the finals is going to shape up uh the pedal bands everything that's happening here going into the final matchup uh, it is Rogue versus Cloud9. Obviously, seeing Rogue in the finals is uh, different from what we have been used to seeing. Rogue, obviously, eighth place last season. You know, changing it up this season, playing pretty well. So, uh, seeing Rogue uh, against Cloud9, obviously, you know, right away we got a pedal ban. I figured, you know, we may be seeing that this weekend as well. This pedal just being banned away or picked. Uh, Cloud9, they followed up and banned away the Rhyme. Uh, you know, Cloud9, they go ahead and pick up the Vox and Fortress. This is a comp that they always win on. Uh, Rogue picks up the, you know, the Scarf and the Glaive. Hammy played well on the Scarf. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you're going against this Vox and uh, Fortress pick from Cloud9. Super aggressive, super in your face. Hammy just couldn't kite away enough, and, you know, they lose this first game 7-3. to yeah, I mean, just kind of touching about some of the builds. I mean, we see I love Joseph with that fortress. He does that aftershock, uh, storm crown, and he actually ends up going three. You know, so he played it pretty well um, for his teams. Gabe Vizzle, you know, he's he's got his echo, his fountain, his uh, crucible, but he's also then you know later on in the game he's going for that shatter glass to try to get that extra heal. I think that was you know they were already leading, and that would just help you know get a lot more heal for his teammates. So that was to help like. For the final push to finish off the game um yeah belligerent you got anything on this one no not really i didn't get to see these because i was more trying to listen to what was happening in our third place match so um Fair the, the only one i got to really kind of pay attention to was game three all right, so game two, we see uh, a little bit of different draft coming out of Rogue. Uh, that Kestrel, the Rhyme, of course, on Pawn. And then uh, Evol actually picks up a Fen, which is, uh, you know, the Echo Quibble on that Fen can be pretty deadly. Uh, Cloud9 got caught out by that at one point, which allowed, uh, you know, Rogue to take down two members. And, you know, this was a 20-minute game, so not a crazy long game, but... I love Joseph on that uh, Samuel, not as successful this time. And we do see old school lose on Vox. So this is something that you don't get to see a lot. Uh, we should put this down in the Vainglory history books because once he loses <laughs> uh, on Vox, it's for some reason, 
and you know you know pawns on rhyme and then something's happening for rogue that they went just because pawns on rhyme whatever it may be obviously obviously Hammond went five and zero, oh, so his kestrel play was you know much like uh we saw truce uh earlier uh in the day so you know rogue played well second match seven and oh, i was kind of surprised they do take this match off of uh, cloud nine but we have another best of three uh i did call out e or na i said yo the one thing eu is greater than na at is they have more exciting matches and more best of three so na step it up you know this weekend na stepped it up big time we had a lot more best of threes which actually makes our job harder so i'm actually uh <laughs> you know i am I'm ruining it for myself. I blame you. Yeah, I, I guess it's my fault because now I have more to cover on podcasts and you know my recaps when I write those up for my on Medium, whatever. I mean, I just have more to write about now, so you guys just have more content to listen to and read. So it's 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 their fault. We can blame it on them. Um, anything yeah. for this one, crew? Do you want to talk about the last intense game three? We can go to the last one. I mean, it was seven nothing this was rogue winning pretty quickly pretty I easily think, so yeah let's just touch on game three i think what we need to actually write on the, the record books for v- vg history is that cloud nine got zero kills that's another probably big thing that doesn't happen yeah often. that's correct i i looked at cloud nine it's zero and two zero and two zero and three and i'm like all right, i did a double take i'm like did they miss like the rogue in cloud nine like did they switch them accidentally or? <laughs> yeah and i was like nope okay yeah, them getting zero kills is pretty surprising. But this last matchup, um, Rogue obviously right away bans away that pedal again. Cloud9 bans away the rhymes. So they're definitely <laughs> just targeting heroes that are strong. Um, then Cloud9 picks up Box, Fortress, and this time it's going to be the uh, the Catherine, which is the original little comp they've run before in the past. Rogue has the Cruel Scarlet. Uh, scarf and then samuel so even though cloud nine won in my book rogue wins this matchup because you know uh evil goes ahead and plays a rome samuel it actually did a pretty good job i've seen it on flash's stream i've seen it on gabe's stream i've seen this actually be yeah. a thing that works you know you get a frostburn late game for some utility you get echo for your double um you know oblivion like that's a lot of cc that comes out a lot of things you have to block up on the side of cloud nine this is a 25 minute match it's 11 to 11 it was probably the best thing we can ask for when it comes to a best of three last fight decides who wins you know it was, it was a perfect game yeah i mean as a casual fan for me this makes me respect rogue that much more because you have to have some cojones to pull out a comp like this for a game three of the championship uh i was a little bit surprised because like i remember i believe iraqi and and uh uh, tasty bacon like they were they were pretty confident that this was going to be a roan cruel and i remember exactly thinking to myself i'm like i bet evolve plays samuel because for the exact reason you had said endless that you know i've seen flash play this i've seen gabe play this you know i mean we've seen obviously a, a roan cruel before too but just recently here i'm like i know flash and evolve you know talk and blah 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 so i was like man i would not be surprised and sure enough it was evolve on this uh the samuel rome samuel so uh, really close game. The kills, you know, is 11 to 11, uh, but C9 actually does go ahead and pull it out. Uh, old school gets his Vox again, and, you know, once he loses once with that Vox, I don't think he'll ever lose again with him. So, <laughs> so like, I don't know. I'm torn between this one. I, I get that Rome Samuel can work just like Rome Sky can work and Rome Kashka can work and all <laughs> that stuff. I don't know that you do it in game three against the two-time champions. Agreed. 
despite how much of a fan I am of Evil, um, like I see those types of picks either when you're in a situation where if you drop the game, you're you still have one more to make it up. Um, like I don't, I didn't get to see the matches. I haven't gone back. So I, I'm talking out of the side of my neck here, but I would be surprised if you told me that that Rome Sky on Cloud Nine was in Game One, <clears throat> or, or I'm sorry, if if they had done that and they, I don't think I think they went 2-0 that match anyway. But if they had pulled out Rome Sky when they were in a sudden death match, so to speak, I would be surprised. But I think it's a little bit different, though, for Cloud9 to do that because they've already locked up their spot in Worlds. You know what I'm saying? It's, they can screw around a little bit more. I don't right. think... No, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is you you pull out some of this off-meta stuff to see if it works yeah. when you have a game to play with. Or right, right. when you're okay. against maybe one of the weaker teams in the league so you think you can pull it off. Or if you're going against a team where like Samuel is just like right Samuel is Pawn's rhyme or Truth's Kestrel or old school's Vox right like if you want to pull out a Rome Vox so you can ban the Adagio and pick the Vox and take everything away from old school then I get it but I don't get it here yeah and as close as this game was I really wonder if Rogue doesn't win this match if Evol is on a traditional captain because he's so good. Um, and I like I the so the theory behind the Rome Samuel is to really just snowball their jungle because even without offensive items, Samuel is still one of the strongest level two heroes in the game. So you use that and you use the crawl to just really go push the jungle, but. I could, I would almost make the argument that the Rome Cruel would have been a better pick because he has a stun for his ultimate as well. He can echo that as well, and it's a lot easier to land that one than it is the Oblivion. Um, yeah. So I don't. I'm just. I'm not a huge fan of the Samuel pick. I understand it, but I think there's better off-meta heroes to Rome that have the same right. Like the Rome Kashka makes more sense. They can block her stun, yes, but it's a pinpoint stun. If you don't block it, you're getting hit with it, is where Oblivion gives you eight years to get out of the way. Right. <laughs> That's right? true, yeah. You have to predict where they're going to be, which I give Evil a lot of credit for. He was really good at placing those, but they're still easy to crucible. They're still easy to block. They're still easy to just walk out of the way. Which, if you look at it, um, it couldn't just be like, you know, Gay Vizzle when he uses those death from aboves. It could be just more of a, like, cut off someone trying to escape. So if you see that Oblivion in front of you, you kind of have to go a different way. So I guess if you're using him in that way, not necessarily to get, like, the sleep off, but more of just to, you know, cut someone's escape route off, that could be useful as well. But it just depends on how you're using it. Yeah, but the difference between, like, the Sky and the Samuel is death from above, you have every 14 seconds. Right. Oblivion, you have, like, every 40 seconds. Yeah. So, while, yes, it can be a zoning tool, it's not... Again, there are stronger picks there, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are stronger ways to go about that, and I don't see, other than trying to blitz the jungle early which you can also still accomplish with like a grace. I don't know. I don't know who the bands were. I didn't hear you guys say them if you went through the draft. Um, 
but like grace super early game you can go blitz their jungle and have a traditional captain right so i i wasn't a huge fan of seeing this rome samuel in this game in a game three do or die when you're up against the strongest team in the league yeah, I mean, they tried something new. Maybe they just knew they were playing against a strong team like Cloud9. They wanted to try to pull it off and see if it would work. You know, maybe they wanted to pull, you know, kind of throw it in Gabe's face that, hey, we can win on off-meta picks too and, you know, beat Cloud9. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, they lose. Cloud9 is our, uh, you know, our week two winner once again. Uh, Cloud9 hasn't not one in the last I don't know I mean they're finally dropping games at least so that's maybe good <laughs> for we're getting somewhere all right let's go ahead and wrap this up let's go ahead and transition real quick let's go over our MVPs uh, for this past weekend you know it's kind of difficult trying to decide who our MVPs would be obviously cloud nine get did go all the way again but you know there's a lot of other players that stepped up started making some plays for their teams uh, our laner is going to be Truth. Uh, you know, Truth didn't make it to the finals or anything, but you know, he still managed to have a really good weekend uh, overall. He went uh, a total of uh, 31 and 19 and 26. So that's 31 kills, 19 deaths, and 26 assists. So Truth had a lot of great plays. Obviously, started Lone Delphi, uh, but Truth is our MVP for the laner. Uh, when it comes to our jungler, I think I love Joseph is the most consistent jungler out there right now he constantly is you know just playing his heroes to the best his best of his ability to allow old school to uh shine in the lane but you know i love joseph goes uh 36 12 and 35 so another good weekend for i love joseph and then our captain position uh we decided to go with evolve i know we talked about it a lot in this episode i mean he goes 9 15 and 42 so maybe not the best when it comes to kill death his plays in some of these games that allowed his team to you know get to the finals this week to get uh the amount of points they did become and in, get into second place so rogue's in a good place right now evolves uh, you know thinking about the game in different ways that we haven't seen before and he's doing a really great job right now to allow hammy and uh, upon the original to really shine so that is our MVPs for this week in number two. Uh, I think that's all we have for this episode. Uh, there's a lot that happened, a lot that we could have talked about, um, but uh, that that is our recap. Our next episode will be our prediction episode. That is all we have. Uh, of course, you can follow us at TFR underscore esports. You can follow me at Endless55VG. Uh, how about my other, my other co-host? Uh, you can find me at Crude Sloth VG. A lot of differentiality there. Is that the right word? <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. Moving on. <laughs> don't look it up. Don't follow him, guys. He won't. He'll, he'll tweet things like that. <laughs> you can find uh, me at blg3rnt underscore vg. What does that spell? That spells oh belligerent. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on, guys. No yep, problem. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're the hostess with the mostest. All right, I'm cutting that. Yeah, I'm not putting that on there. (laughs) All right, fine.
Thanks for tuning in to Time for Rolling. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play Music and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Time for Rolling and at TFR underscore eSports. Until next week for another edition of Time for Rolling. Rolling.